Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of KDHL's AM Minnesota program. It is indeed a pleasure to have with us first visit to our beautiful, spacious new studios just off Central Avenue in downtown Faribault, we have Rice County Highway Engineer Dennis Luby with us here this morning on AM Minnesota. Good morning, Mr. Luby. Oh, good morning, Gordy. Beautiful. What do you think of our digs? It's it's uh, absolutely beautiful. Looks completely um, different. <laughs> yeah, a lot more room, isn't there? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and uh, it has to be a pleasure to work here with this layout, right? Yeah, it's I mean, very, 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 very nice. Yeah. Well, you got new digs, too, over your place. It's, yeah, we did. And we were just talking about that this morning. I think we've been in there two years already, which it's a struggle for us to remember. We've been so busy, you know, time with the COVID thing. I think it's just, you know, the perspective seems to have changed a little bit. Yeah. Well, before we talk about the six-legged roundabout, which we're probably going to see before the end of the year, I thought maybe we'd touch on maintenance with a recent snow activity. I'm not going to say storm because it was anything but a storm. We only got a couple of inches here. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought it up. I think I do want to certainly recognize all the men and women at the department have had another challenging year. Um, anytime it rains in February, you know. And an inch. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, the climate sure is changing, isn't it? Seems it, like it. Yeah. But it, like we said off air, it's always been changing. Yeah, it's so. always. Since the beginning of time, it's changed. Yeah. Do we want to go back to the ice age? <laughs> but uh, no, I think we were out at five this morning. That's probably a normal time. Um, but people often ask, you know, do we have a set time we go out? And the answer to that is no. You know, we go out when conditions are best for us to make the best, you know, possible results and and this morning, yeah, not too much of a challenge. I think we're forecasted to get a little bit more, though, uh, what, tomorrow? So we're ready. We'll be there. It's been a wintry mix of precipitation this winter. I mean, we've had, as you said, rain. We've had snow. We've had sleet. Yeah. And, and again, you know, we just, we'll take all of those except for the ice. You know, the ice, ice storms are just the most challenging for any public works crew. Because there's not much you can do. And they kill your pavement. Well, it, it's just it's just infinitely harder to address icing on the city street system or the rural county highway system. It's just, you know, that you can't you can't cover all of those miles with material. So um but you know, I think overall it's you know, it's been another challenging winter, but uh everyone stepped up, done their part, and I think that includes the motorists. I think people are using good decision making. We haven't seen a considerable amount of uh car crashes in my opinion um so you know takes everybody i do remember commissioner milt plazant saying one time during a county commissioner meeting that there's no way that we could ever have uh no gravel roads in rice county some counties you know have that as a goal mm-hmm. well um right now i think we're sitting at 73 miles of gravel road on our system and 
that's in addition to the 353 miles of paved road. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's in our near future that Rice County would be able to convert those gravels into pavement. It's just a little bit beyond our our financial means at this point in time. But clearly a majority is. Yep, yep, and we made some strides in the last uh, handful of years. Um, in fact, we will be paving um, this coming summer. We will be, be paving two and, a, two and a quarter miles of a road that was gravel. So, you know, bit by bit, but it, it'll be quite a long time, and I'm not sure that's a goal of the county. No. You know, it's, but you are right. There's several counties, I think, that have no gravel uh roadway system anymore and and you know every county is different that's what we say every every county is absolutely different in in the resources they have and the needs they have and and how they go about addressing that so well i don't know how much sense it makes to pave a gravel road that might have one or two homes on it or something well clearly and and uh but you know you get in the metro you get in the collar counties up by the metro uh, it's a different world right a lot more traffic volumes um and again there's there's so much diversity across the state of Minnesota with the county, with the different counties. 87 counties. St. Louis County has, uh, I, I don't know, they have a thousand miles of road, right? And it's just a huge county. And then Rice County's on the smaller scale of size, but we have uh, upwards of 70,000 residents now. So we have a tax base too that, that it, we're very grateful for here, that sales tax. Um, almost brought in, I think, close to $5 million last year. So we and have... all of that is earmarked to roads. That's right. right. All, 100% of that goes towards the uh, design uh, and, and or construction. But to put that in perspective, Dennis, $5 million, and we were chatting the other day, it's about $2 million to put down a mile of pavement. Yeah. So that... So, well, these are big numbers, right? And... Uh, um, but again, you look at the cost of of uh, constructing a new road, which is about two million dollars a mile in the rural area. When once you get inside the corporate limits of of, of uh, Faribault or Northfield or Dundas, and and right now we have a job that's going to start in Lonsdale later uh, this spring. Spring will come, right? And uh, that is less than a mile, and I think the bid there was three million dollars. So you get into the urban areas and there's storm sewer, water, sewer, a lot more utilities, sidewalks, and, and the costs go north of $2 million a mile quite quickly. So it, it's terribly expensive. Yeah, um, hard to get your head around it, really. Well, yep, and if, if we had a better way, like if you could design a pavement, Gordy, that would last 50 years in Minnesota's climate. I'd be a gazillionaire. You'd be uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to do that. We're going to take a little break here, get our opening market report. If I can find the sheet, courtesy of our KDHL Agri Boosters, including Rice County Fair, July 19th through the 23rd, saluting all farmers, not just one or two, but all farmers. For more information, go to ricecountyfair.net. Northland Buildings, quality post-frame construction. Head to northlandbuildings.com and Werner Farm Seed Dundas. Quality seed, reasonable prices. Give Paul or Gina a call at 507-645-7994. Soybean and cattle futures are lower. Corn's mixed, hogs are higher. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. 
The path to higher yields is now at your fingertips. Download the Stein Seed app today and access valuable in-depth agronomic information, their seed lineups, and more. Soybeans were lower this morning as beans and products continue to largely ignore the crop issues and the lower estimates in Argentina. Further reductions are probable with more hot, dry weather in the forecast. May beans are four and a quarter lower at 15.06 and a half. July is down four and a half at 14.94 and a quarter. May soybean meals at dollar eighty lower at 4.8510. May soybean oils down 29 points at 56.77. Corn's mixed, consolidating, oversold, but unable to generate much buying interest, even with those issues in Argentina. Stateside conditions in the Midwest generally look good, maybe a little bit cold, with the USDA's prospective planning numbers out at the end of the month. May corn's up one and a half at 613. July's steady at 601 and three quarters. And wheat's higher, oversold and due for a bounce after the recent moves to multi-month lows. Most forecasts do a more dry weather in the southwestern U.S. plains. May Chicago's eight higher at 673 and three quarters. Uh, with uncertainties about demand, May cotton's down 178 at 8040. July's down 166 at 8123. Adjusting spreads, May rice is up five at 1636 and a half. July's five higher at 1661. Cattle are down, waiting for the rest of the week's direct trade. April lives two lower at 164.77. June's down 62 at 159.05. April feeders are 47 lower at 198.67. And with yesterday's higher close in pork, April hogs are up two dollars twenty cents at eighty seven twenty seven. June leans a dollar fifty seven higher at one oh two oh two. We're online at brownfieldagnews.com. John Perkins, Brownfield. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Other KDHL agri-boosters include Insulation Services, Inc. Contact Nate there. Discover all the advantages of spray foam or blow-in insulation. His number is 507-993-4570. Three Links Senior Living, creating peace of mind in your loved one's journey in Lonsdale and Northfield. And Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nearstrand. Craig, great guy, helps protect all things that are near and dear to you. As we continue our conversation with Rice County Highway Engineer Dennis Luby. How many years you've been with the county, Dennis? This is 22. Wow, 22 years. And you were in the neck of the woods that I was in. You were in Oskaloosa, Iowa for a while, and I worked in Ottumwa. Yeah, and that's right. A small world. Yeah, yeah, we follow each other around, I guess. Huh? Yeah, uh, that's, that's necessarily a good thing for you. But <laughs> Oskaloosa was a cool area. Yeah, it was a beautiful part of southeast uh, Iowa. And uh, down there, the county systems are like 1,000 miles, and uh, 900 of them are aggregate roads. That's right. They don't have anywhere near our system. No, they just absolutely. don't have the money, you know, and it's different world. Well, they're they got, beautiful. Yeah, like you said, a lot less population. So, yeah. I mean, who's going to pay for it? Yeah, just it is what it is. And, but, yeah. Beautiful down there, but not quite as nice as southeast Minnesota. No, you know? no, and I know you grew up in the Winona area. You were a pupil of John Nett, the legendary basketball coach there for the Winona Cotter Ramblers. You're, you're correct. I did spend some time on the hard court. Yep, yep. And he went, he's a legend. Yeah, he was a great coach, and we were lucky to have him, and we were certainly lucky to have the – you know, the right group of guys and parents and, and the whole community, you know. You were a powerhouse in those days. Uh, we had some good teams. I have five brothers, and several of them played <laughs> over <laughs> in, the years down in there. In state tournaments. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh man, it was a war when they endured, or Lake City would. There were some good teams back then. Randy Brewer was our nemesis. And, uh, he was my nemesis too. I yeah. played when when he was a sophomore. I was a senior. So sure. Yeah, I think you're the same age as my older brother, and I think my brother might have played you back in the day. Oh my! Back in the day, Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about roads, and I specifically wanted to get into the six-legged roundabout because, well, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I've been told I'm wrong a lot, but this seems to be like a rapid-fire project. It's only been a couple of years in the making, and you don't see that very often on a project of this scale, do you? Well, I, you know, it's certainly been a, a new experience for myself and staff at the county level to work with the state so closely. And, and that's really um, been quite an experience. And I have a, a new appreciation for all of the detail work that they do. Um, it's been a little frustrating uh, because at the county level, we can move a little faster, in my opinion. But, you know, this is a trunk highway interchange with the, the interstate and, and there's just a significant amount of more work to do. But having said that, yeah, I do believe this is a project that probably is atypical from a MnDOT perspective. Um, you know, I forget, uh, I think we looked at this closely beginning in 2019. And while some people might think that's, you know, that's four years ago, um, you know, and that's a long time. Um, it's just, a, it's a, there's a lot of work to go into, um, well, any highway reconstruction project, but this one in particular with six legs, um, high traffic volumes, all kinds of challenges there, but uh, we're very close. Um, I can't say we're going to build it this year yet. I certainly hope we will. We're closing in on some of the final um, contract administration issues and, and the final plan approval um, I do think we have the funding for it. It's just a matter of what the planning development process and, and that's we're in the near we're in the tail end of that. So. Because you're on an interstate. How much is the federal government involved in this? Well, okay, so most states the federal government is uh the, the federal government issues are handled by the local DOT in most states, right? So we're working with the DOT and they're the liaison with the Federal Highway Administration folks. And and quite honestly, here we're we're keeping them abreast of what we're doing. We have to make sure that any modifications to the interstate system meet the federal standards. And and that's that's really not a challenge, but um so they're in the loop. They're not really part of the design team, if you will. Are they part of the payment for it? Well, not directly, but indirectly the state of Minnesota gets federal money, and we do have some federal funds that were awarded to this project. So, um, Because the state, let's be honest, the state wants this too. That's why it's moving so fast. Well, yeah, and I think it certainly is a, a needed improvement in that part of the county. Uh, the listeners who travel up there certainly probably would agree with that. And, and there will be some inconvenience whenever it's built, but, um, you know, that some of that's unavoidable. And uh, I think in the end it'll be, uh, I think it'll only be the second six-legged roundabout in the state of Minnesota. There is one over by Cottage Grove, and uh, I'm not aware of a third one being um, looked at. But anyway, it's, it, it'll be a unique project, certainly. Well, as you said, it's determined that it's been needed. I don't well, know what the traffic count is in that area, but... <laughs> well, I could bore the listeners. There's like 35,000 vehicles a day on I-35. 
there's about 10,000 vehicles a day on Trunk Highway 19 on the east side, back and forth into Northfield. And then on the other side into Lonsdale, I think it drops off maybe to 8,000. It's very busy. And, and, you know, unfortunately, oftentimes if there's an incident on the interstate where they have to close the interstate, that interchange area just becomes even more challenging to navigate through. So, But just to clarify, the six-legged roundabout is not going to resolve that issue. Correct. You have to close the interstate. Yeah. You know, it, it will... It will you know, it will handle the traffic, but it's just impossible to probably design something that would handle all of the interstate traffic through there without so you're delays. Do, you're going to do northbound first, southbound next, or vice versa? Well, it's a complex staging plan that's been developed because uh, early on in the process, the, the fundamental question was, can we close Trunk Highway 19? and close both interstate ramps and close both county roads and allow a contractor to come in there and just, and just it. work it. Yep. Um, and that was decided, uh, no, we're, we can't do that. And I think there's you know good reason for that. I, I think the city of Northfield would suffer a little bit if their primary access off the interstate was closed um, and, and, and uh, you know, local traffic as well. But um, so to keep Trunk Highway 19 open during construction creates a whole different set of parameters that have to be dealt with. So there's a number of phases. Traffic will be moved over initially one direction while, you know, work is done on the opposite side. And then part of the circle will be built and and then traffic moved over and then work resumes on, you know, back and forth we go. Um Traffic, there will be temporary roads built to accommodate traffic during during these different stages. Um, there will be times when both ramps are closed, but we were able to shorten that length and, and therefore minimize the disruption for, for traffic through that area. And detours will be posted uh, during part of the construction. Traffic will have to travel south down to County Road 1 interchange to get on to I-35 to head northbound. So um, we're trying to, you know, look at it quite extensively to minimize the period of time that people have to travel out a distance. But, um, you know, it's just impossible to not have that happen. I think I heard you say at a county commissioner's meeting that 90 working days, you think that can be completed? That is the, that's the schedule that's been put together based upon the different um, construction staging and, and all of the details that go into that. Um, earlier, when we looked at uh, uh, just closing all the roads, I think we were looking at 60 working days. So keeping the road open extends the length of the construction project. And, you know, in Minnesota, we are sensitive to our precious construction season. So... I think the the issue in front of us here is will we complete all of the contract and administrative protocols to deliver this project um, earlier early enough this spring to advertise the project, award a contract, go through all of the signing and, and approvals of that and and then have ninety working days to get the project completed this season. Ideally, you'd like to get those bids open and awarded by the end of May? 
yeah, I think that's a that's a great timeline right there. I have the schedule has changed so much over the last eighteen months that I think um, that resonates with me. About May is about about our drop dead date. If we don't think we can get a contract awarded at the end of May, we might push the project into next year. But again, we're we're working hard to to get the final push there and and see. But it if sounds we can get like it. you'd like to get it done in one. Oh, absolutely. Year. I mean, we we certainly do not um, anticipate having any major construction um, uncom or not completed during the winter months. You know, in Minnesota again, we're we're you know dictated a little bit by the weather, so we can afford to have like the final. Uh, turf establishment and, and landscaping can be done next year. But the pavement work, the, the, the traffic has to be able to, to travel on it by the end of fall. You know, we, we're not going to have detours during winter, right? That would be, that would be um, excessive. Rice County Highway Engineer Dennis Luby is with me. I know you, ha you know how much I love roundabouts. <laughs> There's one going in in Northfield, I mean in Lonsdale. Right. Yeah, that, well, in 2025, the state of Minnesota is planning to put one on the northwest side of Lonsdale. Yep, yep, that's planned. I was just in a meeting about that uh, last week. Is it a multi-lane roundabout? Um, not at this time. Be a single-lane roundabout. We have two county roads intersecting Trunk Highway 19 there, and so Rice County will be a player in that design and that construction. Um, that is a project the Rice County Highway Department is not leading. So the state is doing that, and we're a partner in it. And uh, they, I, they're moving forward on it. Uh, we've seen some preliminary layouts. I think they're talking about having um, possibly a public open house um, maybe later this year. In Lonsdale. Yep. Yep, to show the, the city of Lonsdale is part of the design team. and They're in favor of the... Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, they they recognize the need to address some traffic safety issues at that intersection up there, so they're on board with it, and they're part of the review and comment. I know some people aren't crazy about the one by Northfield School. Um, okay, yep. I mean, was that a city project or? Yeah, uh, if you're talking the one with the bike tunnels, because yep. I think there's a couple different ones in Lonsdale or Northfield now. Yeah, yeah the one. Yep, that's the yeah. one I'm talking about. Well, you know, um, it's hard to please every user of the roadway. And I do think um, as time moves forward, you're, you're going to see more roundabouts, like I've said before. And you'll get accustomed to them sooner well, or later. Well, I'm accustomed to them. I'm no. just not a fan of them. Well, I think, um, I think they're here to stay. We know that they reduce the severity of accidents. Well, that makes sense. And, and they keep traffic moving. And uh, they generally now, I think, initially they were maybe more expensive to build, but now due to a variety of factors, I think uh, the state of Minnesota principally who builds many of them, um, they would start to, I think I've heard language where they're starting to say from their perspective, they're becoming cheaper to build than signalizing intersections or other modifications to intersections. We're going to get one out by our new public safety building. The city of Faribault has been working with the state on one right there at 30th Street. You bet. And I think that should be out to bid um, soon. And I expect that to be under construction this year. That one makes no sense to me because you're going into the industrial park and you have so many semis there. 
I don't know the traffic counts or the traffic history out there or, or you know, the details of the justification of that one. But again, the county didn't weigh at all on that, even though it's on... It's not on the county road. It, it, that's all city in the state of Minnesota. Okay. And so there's clearly must be some operational issues out there at peak times during um, maybe, you know, certain times of the day where we have significant turning movements there and you have conflicts with north and southbound Trunk Highway 3 traffic. But um, you are going to be building a new road, basically on the north end of the public safety well, yeah. Facility, so, right? so the city is building a roundabout there at that intersection. Currently, it's you know a three-legged intersection, and the city's building a four-legged roundabout. And then, um, that about the time that the city was working on that design. Um, and they were planning for future growth, adding that leg to the east headed towards the river. Um, that's about the time the county settled on the public safety center there. So then additional road work is necessary to connect the public safety center to this roundabout. And, and that's been underway since last fall as well. So it's coming I, together. And I know you've been discussing and you made it very clear to commissioners, we're not talking anytime soon, the County Road 9 interchange off I-35 that the city of Faribault would like to see. Well, not just the city of Faribault. I think um, all the uh, commerce and freight movers and, and manufacturing in the region would probably uh, agree that we would like to see further access to the interstate on the north side of Faribault. Um, yeah, the study... Um, has been ongoing, I think, since uh, middle of last year. I did give the county board an update on that, and there is an open house uh, on March, March 21st yep. at uh, 5 to 6 o'clock, Buckham West. And uh, the public's invited to come down and look at the, the uh, progress that has been made due to, uh, on this study. You said there's a dozen versions of this. Well, we have, a, we have a dozen layouts to identify and present to the public and the policymakers um, what options exist that um, identify what the needs are. And so some people might think the need is to just open up access for development right adjacent to this part. And that could be done without an interchange. Um, so we have a display or two that shows that option. Um, there is an option that would f provide a full interchange at County Road 9 um, because, you know, in some sense, you would want to look at a highway system that connects Trunk Highway 3 and Trunk Highway 21, and an interchange at 9 could provide that. Um, there's other considerations always with major uh, infrastructure. Uh, we have existing homes out there, so, uh, you know, an option that would avoid all the residential buildings out there is, will be presented um, and and different options in between all of those. Yes, so. Senator Jasinski seemed to indicate on this program that the state would like to see Highway 3 take up County Road 9 to cut across to I-35. That has been, um, yeah, I think there is an ongoing effort to start the discussions on a major change to the highway systems in Rice County around this area. Um, so we have a state highway system, we have the county highway system and the city street system. And, and one version of that is to um, provide the interchange and turn it into a state highway there. County Road 9 would be a 
possibly a state highway. Um, there's a lot of detail in there, and it's a long-term planning. And I think I'm going to beat you to the punch, but the interchange isn't planned to be built at any time. You know, this is a study to evaluate what is the best option. And then the next step of this study would be to take measures to preserve that land so that it can be built. Um, this study is not proposing to build the interchange. That will come later um, when... Think the, I'll see it in my lifetime? Um, I think so. Let's say I live you, to be... You look like healthy. You said you're biking a lot. You're looking <laughs> yeah, good. Well, that, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ways away. Um, you know, strictly speaking, there probably isn't enough traffic generated to warrant an interchange today. But again, as the city grows and as land use occurs and development occurs and and we don't control that you know we forecast it but we you know our forecasts aren't perfect so um you know we're planning for the future which i think is very important maybe if that highway three happens at county road nine we won't see any more semis go down seventh street and bang into the bridge all the time well, okay, maybe. Let's leave it at that. I said it's maybe. qualified with a maybe. You bet. <laughs> I can't believe their GPSs don't tell them that um, not it's to a go challenge. down that road. It's a challenge. We have some other restricted clearances south of uh, Faribault as well that we have same situation. So they're they're marked, they're posted, but... They got these, flashing these lights on, on 7th Street yep. warning right. people. Obviously, they don't pay attention when they're driving. Well, I think, uh, yeah, and that is a fundamental responsibility of every driver. Right. right. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. Flashing light telling you that the bridge is low and they still bang into the bridge. Uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Hey, thanks, Dennis. Always enjoy having you on. Hopefully we can do this more frequently. Yeah. I'd Appreciate love it. to come back, give an update when uh, we have more to talk about. Now that we got better digs to sit in. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful facility. Dennis Congratulations. Luby. I forgot and I didn't bring my calendar in that what we got coming up on Monday on AM Minnesota. A copy of this will be up on the website, by the way. If you say, did I hear him say what I thought I heard him say? You can check it out later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.